This is not my favorite segment, but it's going to be one of my favorite segments. It's the things we forgot to tell you last week. This is the part of the show where I tell y'all all the things I meant to tell y'all last week, but I didn't get a chance to. So we're going to talk about it right now. Um, The first story. Oh, we immediately going to do an update. Shout out to um, uh, all the people who gave me a bunch of support with, the, with this video. I ended up catching uh, the breaking news of... The Michigan, not was it Michigan? No, the Oakland County uh, shooter, fifteen-year-old um, kid went in and killed four of his uh, four of his own uh, four of his own classmates. It's a very tragic story. But what happened after that story is what really captivated my mind, which is the parents. Because what we found out after this maniac went into this school to shoot his kids is a failing of the system. Failing of parents, failing of police work, and just failing of the media. And I plan on doing a deep dive video this weekend talking about the five things that are more important than kids being killed in schools that are going on in schools. It's going to be crazy because I, the basic research I've done is is kind of eye-opening and also terrifying to hear and see. So let's talk about some of the things we know. One we know that this kid, Ethan, uh, regard, regardless of what the situation is, he was definitely enabled by his parents. His parents enabled this behavior, period. You'd be like, oh, come on, you're old, that's tough. No, 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 no. A day before he killed all of his classmates, he was caught watching or researching how to buy bullets for the gun his father bought him on Black Friday. When he got caught, he got reported... And instead of the mother to discipline him, be responsible, she texts her son, hey, I'm not mad at you, lols, lol, but you can't do it and get caught. The, 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 the caucasity of the situation is fully fueled by this idea, and I don't want to hear no bullshit about it, white privilege. It's the, it's the idea that, no, nah, don't worry about it, like... Even if you're even if you have the gun, you're fine. So day two rolls up, the day of the shooting. The teacher walks by his desk, he's got a picture of him slaughtering people and cries for help. And I can hear that whole cry for help nonsense, but that's bullshit when you look at all the things that were stacked up and beforehand. And at this point, they pull him out of class again, they bring the counselor who's supposed to be certified to be able to if a kid draws a picture of him killing another kid. Yo, he's not going back to he's not coming back to class. Furthermore, he's not coming back to class without me searching him. This is where that resource officer would have been real useful to make sure that this kid had nothing in his locker, make sure he had nothing in his persons, make sure he had nothing in his bag. But get this, the father and the mother knew the gun was on the kid. So when they told him to take his badass home and they refused, that's when he said, well, I got the green light from my parents, basically, because they didn't remove me from school. And he went on to kill four people. The father called the police department saying that uh, he believes his gun wasn't secure, which is crazy to me. Why would you have a gun that's not secure with a minor in the house? Two, the mother then texts her son saying, son, don't do it. Ethan, don't do it. 
Don't do what? What you told them to do? What you set them up to do? What you goaded them on to do? And if that wasn't enough, this prosecutor, who is very bold and brave because she's doing something that is out of the norm, which is prosecuting the parents as as not just as responsible, but suspects, part of it, four counts each of negligence, manslaughter. And if convicted, could serve anywhere from 20 to 80 years in jail to life, sorry. And what are these, what do these marshmallow warriors do? What do these dirty, bottom foot, crooked teeth Rat bastards do, they fucking run. They can't they can't believe that their whiteness isn't enough to protect them. And they go end up hiding in this Detroit crumbling like this Detroit warehouse. They withdrew four thousand dollars from the ATM, turned off their phones, stopped communicating with their fucking lawyers, and just ran. And it wasn't until someone identified the car that they were able to find these people. And this is them. They're all in the same prison in separate sections. That's a fucking Christmas card if I've ever seen one. I just want that as a I, I want that as a wallpaper. I I want to do a separate video that talks about what why I was telling this to a friend of mine and call me it's call me crazy. But I as a black man have a sixth sense about people like this. Like, do black people have a sixth sense about identifying energies? Because, like, there's no way in hell I see this kid and don't see serial killer. Like, he got the eyes of his mom. He literally stole. I don't know. I, I'm I'm thinking about it, but it's crazy to me. But these are this is something to definitely uh, ponder on. Um, this is another story of police failing. <clears throat> a lot of you have probably already seen this video. It is a picture of a man in a wheelchair. Yes, that's right. An Arizona officer fired after fatally shooting a man in a wheelchair. There is something menacing about you hurting a crippled person or a disabled person or like anyone who's just not strong enough to defend himself. But if you told me a dude in a wheelchair had a knife, and that wheelchair probably goes no faster than 30 feet, 30 feet a second. Uh, I feel like 30 feet a second. Now. If it was a, if it, if it was a, if it was like a, if it went no faster than a, one of those carts, right? That you see at Walmart. If you told me that was the, the person I was going up against, I'd, I'd feel comfortable enough taking a nap right there and in there. I'd feel comfortable enough eating a bowl of cereal and never spilling one fucking Lucky Charm. I'd feel comfortable enough to deliver a baby right there in the parking lot and then go deal with his his ass. And the fact that we have officers who have bulletproof vests, mace, tasers, batons, flashlights, handcuffs, zip ties, and then lastly, a gun. The fact that we have all those things prior to the gun and the officer can't handle the situation, it just speaks to the type of people we hire as officers. Low volume, low brow, low energy, dumbasses.
And because of his stupidity, there was two of them there. Two of them there. So they ended up firing him. They're, the charges have to be pressed. Like the, He shot him eight times and on ninth one he paused and then fired one more time. It's just unhumane. And somebody was talking about like, oh, this isn't getting the attention it deserves. I think people are just like tired of it. I would be too. But this is sort of like my job. So here I am. But this never gets old. Trump-loving former KKK leader who was jailed for beating a black man is running for office as a Republican in Georgia, reports say. And this is something that I was talking about, like, with someone else and telling them, like, oh, if you're a Republican, you're probably, you know, you're probably racist. (laughs) And they'll be like, oh, that's so unfair and unjust. But I don't see nobody... What are Republicans talking about? Uh, they're talking about CRT. They're talking about uh, how the gun, the guns aren't the problem; it's the people. But yet they have yet to face the people in their own party. Ain't nobody talking about this dude running as a prominent uh, Republican. Within uh, his name is Chester Doyle, a former leader of the Ku Klux Klan and neo-Nazi National Alliance is running for office as a Republican in Georgia per the Atlantic Georgia Atlanta per the Atlanta Georgia Journal uh, Constitution uh, Doyle who spent decades in the KKK includes uh, including a Maryland Grand Clife filed paperwork earlier this year run to run for a spot on the Lumpkin County Board Commissioner in 2022 the paper reported 61 years old so yeah hey i like that keisha and that's how we go in this one not all republicans are racist but all racists are republican and that's just how we're going to end this uh he has no shot of winning he didn't get a bolt of confidence from any of his constituents but he didn't get condemned and that's the thing you have to remember they didn't support him but they also didn't say he's not with us. Just And that's what we call leaving your foot in the door. Leaving your foot in the door for saying, oh, we're not saying we support him, but if you vote for us, hey, 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 welcome home. Welcome home. Um, This is a more, this is a tragic story. After, what, since 20, 2007, when I graduated from high school, Emmett Till's uh, case is now finally being closed with no charges being pressed. Um, don't know what you expected from this. It's uh, If there's any type of tears that are going to be protected by uh, this justice system, it's going to be racist, white, old women's tears. Like that if once they start crying there's not really much you can do and of all the people who are left to punish is this old lady and i'm saying old as to give her fragility she's a racist old witch of a bastard lady like if she got hit by a car there's a good chance i wouldn't help her because like you can feign ignorance and be like oh i'm not that person but you are you are the reason why emma till is dead today well, he would have been dead. Oh, no, he would have been alive because your old ass is still here. So he still probably would have been here. But it's these those tears right there, right? 
Oh yeah, and Keisha's absolutely right. The day we took uh, Amber Geiger, uh, they they didn't give us no more white tears to sacrifice. So we just knew she was gonna get away with this. But I just, there's something about this that just makes me say like, you could we could have told you that every black person could have told you that in 2007. So the fact that they strung it out this long, I don't know what it was for. Kudos to the lawyers and the Justice Department for attempting to do research. But if you know that she lied and and coerced a group of people to kill a man, a boy, a child. What are we questioning here? The fact that she was married to the dude that did it. Even, like, there's so many things. Even if she, she withheld information of about a murder. Whatever you want to charge her with. But don't let her go. On the lines of uh, letting people go, a few weeks ago, we talked about Aaron Rodgers breaking COVID protocol in the fact that he didn't wear a mask to uh, events. He didn't obey the travel restrictions set by the NFL, and he didn't respect the COVID boundaries um, that were stated for the NFL. And this was all during the time he was taking his uh, hiatus from the football. But in order for him to come back, he would have to disclose all those things. Well, when he ended up catching COVID, the big question then became, well, how did he catch COVID? Uh, Which is a weird question to ask because you can catch COVID even if you're vaccinated. But he had to recognize the extended punishment because he wasn't vaccinated. People who are vaccinated, if they test negative, positive, or if they get another negative test within whatever certain amount of time, they can come back right away. If you're not vaccinated, you got to serve the whole entire period. And it was baffling to me that this happened. But then we find out a few players. Uh, Antonio Brown was suspended, but Aaron Rodgers got to play. And this just speaks to the overall issue with the NFL and even though it's a whole entire league dedicated to black athletes, it still ran with a white basis and a white racist mindset. They are the Aaron Rodgers is seen as a cover boy for the NFL. And this isn't the first time Antonio Brown has been victimized because he was also one of the first people to say out loud. The Raiders head coach, John Gruden, was a racist and no one believed him. And then what it. John Gruden get fired for for being a racist, for being a bigot. And now here's Antonio Brown getting punished for something that Aaron Rodgers did, but they're not equal. He got suspended multiple games. Aaron Rodgers only missed the game. So it's very interesting to see this dynamic. It's very interesting to see, like, how this plays out. Now, granted, um, Antonio Brown, they're, these are both idiots. They're both two anti-vaxxers, so they're both dumbest rocks. So... I just want the punishment to be equal for both of these dumbasses. That's all I'm asking. And this is just, you know, further proof. This is him. A lot of people are like, what trip? He went to Hawaii. During the time Hawaii had lockdowns on their island. Like, it's crazy to me that, like, he got away with this. And his wife is supposed to be this weirdo plant lady. So, there's that. But talking more along the lines of, like, things we want to kind of square away, um, not even a week after that school shooting of where four people died, 
Republican Thomas Massey condemned for Christmas gun photo. This is the most psychotic thing ever. Like, I don't know what people's infatuation. Uh, like, as a gun owner, I get it. But it, how is this demonstrating how guns are supposed to be used in our community? How is the glorification of these guns demonstrating how they're posed to be used and viewed and respected in our society? Is this a responsible photo to take? If, if we're honest about what guns can do, why is this being accepted as cool? Why is this appropriate? And I and it's just a it's just a cursory look. A cursory look. A lot of people say to me, this hasn't this is about white supremacy and this is about privilege. This is about abundance. Because if this family was black, this would have been this would have been thrown through the fucking mud. Not to say that this isn't, but black people they would have gone to those people's houses. They would have had some questions. But I, I just did a cursory look at Thomas Massey, because he's actually a Republican I cover and know very well. He's one of the seven shitty Republicans that I covered in a video. And I was just interested to know how his campaign finances were going last year. So I pulled him up. This is all public records from 2019 to 2020. My man's made $1.4 million and spent $1.5. He's got about $119,000 of cash on his hands. But I was interested to know where the vast majority of this money come from? And it seems to come from this place called Club for Growth. They gave him $73,000. And uh, most of his parties came from retirement, retired things. Uh, we got uh, Fiskera. These are all major companies. But this one struck a note, Club for Growth. So after seeing that, I said, well, who is Club for Growth? Well, it's ran by this guy, Jeffrey Yass, the Philly area billionaire who cash supports supported election challengers. This and this is a great article. If you want it, I can put it in the in the section. But you gotta scroll down to his about those questionable ties. Yass donated to several conservative political action committees that that backed Georgia Republicans, uh, Republican congressional candidates Matt Gertley, Gertler, who was photographed last spring posing with a known white supremacist and one-time member of the Ku Klux Klan. Asked about it, Gertler called the photo straightforward. The incident caused Republican Jewish coalitions to withdraw support. Yes. Donate, and that's the tie. That governor can be tracked and located to white supremacy. And that's that's what we're dealing with. That's what we're dealing with as a country. Um, first of all, Aaron just looks... <laughs> isn't surprising. surprising. Aaron Rodgers strikes... Aaron Rodgers is definitely a dude who doesn't wash his hand after going to the bathroom. 100%. Definitely. And in the topic of guns, 
This was another disturbing thing because we can't get enough of this. Uh, outcries after Colorado Sheriff Office tweets photos of Santa getting handgun permit. Because, you know, what up, Lynn Wolf? Sorry, your message got blocked. I don't know what that is. Um, I'll, like, okay, and this right, this photo right here is a little bit weird to me because, like, what are you trying to, why would Santa need a gun? I can come up with three things off the top of my head without even thinking that are more useful to Santa Claus in a fight than a gun. One, he's he's fucking Santa Claus, right? So the guy has magic. The bag that he pulls infinite toys out of, I'm pretty sure he could throw 101 different items at your ass before you even get that gun to draw. Two, he has magical reindeers. Nine of them. And one of them has a red shiny nose. There's no way you're going to get past that stun grenade and that flashbang. Before you know it, you're going to be getting eight towns stomped by eight times. Wait, nine times what? Nine times four? That's 36. 36 fucking antlers. 34, 30, 36 antlers going to be jumping on your head. You're not walking away from that. And then to top it all off, Santa Claus... And that this might come as a rarity. Santa Claus is immortal. He literally can't die. So what does he need a gun for? You know what he needs a gun for? Capitalism. You know what he needs a gun for? NRA. You know what he needs a gun for? Supporting the idea that having a gun is so valued that the most innocent person on earth needs one. There's also been a chain of stories where officers are going around arresting the Grinch without people really understanding the story of the Grinch. The Grinch, story of the Grinch is about coming together and realizing you need people. I don't get you don't arrest the Grinch. You give the Grinch a hug. You show him that being a warm person is all you need to be a good person, not arrest him. It's just crazy. No one gets social media anymore. But if there's an opportunity for me to let out a little frustration, it's going to be right here. Now, Nafi will constantly say this, and it will always bother me. Every year, she'll come up to me, and she'll say, Hero, we got to go support Georgia. And you have to know, if you know our family, Georgia is a fundamental part of our family. But I'm here to tell you, never again. And this is two years going. I didn't want anything to do with this, this school, this company, this football team. Because they will let you down. The dogs will get put in the doghouse every single time. And it's always by Alabama. There's no way in hell every time Alabama comes to your state, it's a home game for them. Once again, Georgia was supposed to be this diabolical team. They literally didn't have a team score more than 10 points on them this year, I believe. And out of nowhere, Alabama comes to score 41 points. This was this was more about the Alabama coaches not being prepared. They have a monkey on their back, and it's Nick Saban. This man is terrorizing. Nick Saban is literally, every time Kirby Smart, the head coach of Georgia, closes his eyes, he's punching the air, and it's Nick Saban he's trying to hit. Nick Saban is literally... 
Nick Saban is literally ruining this man's life. And there's nothing he can do. There's literally nothing he can do. I want to talk a little bit about some of the decisions he's made. he made. One, do you understand that when you're playing against a team who is good at one thing, you can't give them an easy way out? Alabama did you a favor by letting number eight leave the game early. But for some strange reason, Georgia couldn't couldn't pull it together. They then let number one run all over them. And number five, I get it. You're young. You're 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 young. You don't know anything. But you can't get you can't get beat like that. You can't have a ten yard cushion and get beat. The stutter and go was literally the only move they needed to beat them. The quarterback, the battle of the quarterbacks is is high end because Alabama's quarterback is clearly going to be the Heisman winner. Hey, hey, Bri, hey, hey, hey. Let me have this. Let me have this moment. Um, but after the, after that first wave, you got to know something's up. And the most defeating part for me is the coach is not pulling the quarterback after he threw that interstep pick six because Alabama had the balls to do it two years ago to Georgia when they were down bad in the natty. They were down and they pulled. Hurts. Jalen. They pulled Jalen and put in Tua. And Tua came back and destroyed us. Alabama had faith in their system. Georgia does not. And what we are witnessing is what happens when you play for rank and not to get better. Alabama is a great team. No doubt about it. Alabama is a great team. But their coaches are better because they actually prepare their players to play football. They don't prepare them to be ranked number one. They don't prepare them to beat just any team. They prepare them to play football. Georgia was so worried about their record that their record didn't match their effort. And it shows how many times you're going to lose to this guy. And the worst part about it is, I get that I get he's a fucking legend, but you gotta you how you gonna get punched in the mouth four times? And Nafi over here saying victories will victory will be ours. You are a, you are a mad woman. You are a mad woman, and there's no unless Kirby himself pays for me to come to that game. I'm not going. But this was me venting my frustration on this podcast. If I had to blame anybody in this order, I'm going to blame the coaches of Georgia. I'm then going to secondarily blame the defense because they didn't get any pressure on a Heisman quarterback, which is basically letting him play catch and throw. And then third and not but not least, I'm going to blame the moment. They don't know how to handle the moment. Georgia didn't face any adversity this year. And it shows. Georgia didn't face any adversity, and here they are. Not being able to handle adversity. All I'm saying is, you know, UAPB would have done better. Facts. 2011, UAPB would have done better. 
But speaking of UAPB, uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff coach calls timeout to make team run sprints during loss to number 19 Iowa State. I love this story in so many ways because one, it's my alma mater, and two, you just know, you just know that that this coach is getting fired at the end of the year. Let's look at the clip real quick. Made him do a down and back. You, I, I, you gotta love it. Um, this come, this happened because they went basically. Uh, this happened basically because they went uh, a period where they didn't score a single point to Iowa's twenty point run. In all honesty. This helped because they were only three points down matching. So, basically, they scored 42 points in the second half, and Iowa scored 40, uh, 45. So, they only three points. Uh, not 40. Yeah, 45. So, they're only three points off. So, it worked. It just didn't. Like, maybe you should have done this before. Now, this it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a D1 AA school versus a 19th. It's a ranked school. The skill gap is bit is there. Um, this wasn't Sal and them playing like Sal and them when they were playing when I was in school. Man, they would have had this wrapped up. You know, this would have been this would they would have been no problem. You know, they made it all the way to the big boy dance. So, uh, you love to see your school in the news, but you hope hopefully not for bad things. But as always, next year, uh, dear mother, we love you. Um, but. As we like to do in this show, this is a part of the show where we talk about the Herman Cain Award. Uh, the Herman Cain Award is basically an award we give out every week now, it seems like, uh, to someone who just refuses to acknowledge COVID and understand the serious impl- implications that it can have on your life and other people. Uh, just a few things to understand about COVID. It's a real thing. It's still hurting people. And there are things you can do to protect yourself and keep the people you love around you safe. But when you choose to not follow those instructions like Herman Cain did, who was a conservative Republican, who went to Trump's rally without any precautions and then two weeks later died. And Trump never mentioned him again. You become you become a prime example of evolution. So let's talk about the de-evolution of our people. Um 34, uh, Stephen Harmon, 34, has died Wednesday in Corona Corina Regional Medical Center. It's sad. I want to roll that R for some reason. About an hour drive east of Los Angeles, uh, Stephen Harmon posted photos of himself in his hospital bed, wrote that he had pneumonia and critical low oxygen levels, and he was going to be intubated. In a tweet Wednesday, Ramon wrote, don't know when I'll wake up, please pray. It's too late for that. Oh, Corona, like the beer? I'm dyslexic as fuck. (laughs) It's too late for that, Steven. It's too late for that. You know... One thing I find very interesting about these people is how they have the ability to tweet from their bedroom. Like, you would think with all the energy you have left to live, 
you would be doing something more important than trying to put out a message begging for help when you were given it from the beginning. Remember, this is a vaccine that is still free. If this was insulin that they were giving away for free, people would be lining up around the fucking block. If this was if this was a dick dick growing pill, people would be lining up around the block. Even women to go get it for their limp dick ass husbands and boyfriends. But something that can kill you, people are like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Well, he's gone. 34. One year older than me. Uh, I don't know how to say this dude's name. Let's get this na- dude's last name real quick. Biaxix. Biaxix. I'm going to just call him Basic. Basic 65. Cottonburn. At self-employed anti-vaxxer. Dead COVID stupidity. And stupidity. I. This is not even a functional sentence. But according to this article... Jonas died due to complications of COVID and possible bleach poisoning. Yeah, it is like basic and ASIC had a baby and that baby was ugly. But hold on, bleach poisoning? Seems Jonah didn't understand basic virology. Jonah got COVID in October. He was admitted into the hospital in November, but checked himself out because he wanted to tr- be treated by chlorine dioxide, CDL, Eminastal. So he basically took it up his butt. He died two days later. Jonah was one of Austria's best-known anti-vaxxer campaigns, anti-vax campaigners. He was very prolific on Facebook as well as you see. Oh, no. Hey, what up, bum fuzzle? That's... Okay, so basically he was in the hospital, he was being treated, and then he saw like something on Facebook and was like, yo, if you take a tube, hear me out, if you take a tube and a funnel, put your leg, put your knees, lay on your back and put your knees by your your ears, pop that funnel, stick it where the sun don't shine. Get the little tubey wire, hit the funnel on that shit, and drop a gallon of bleach down there, you'll be cured. He looks like somebody that would die because of that. He looks like somebody that would, would take take his own way. So, yeah. Tragic. Tragic, but hey. I mean, he did it his way, and he was wrong. You know, January 6th taught me a lot. January 6th taught me a lot. It taught me that white people are really, truly protected in this country. And then this weekend, December 5th, we saw a repeat of January 6th, but on light. We saw what happens after, in the same year after a a white mob a, a thundercloud of white people, <laughs> just angry white people, a thundercloud of white people, just angry about black and brown people having rights, storm a capital, and we saw what happened in that situation. Well, 
they showed back up again. And there's a part of me that that wants people to understand something. Look at the police next to them. I picked this picture on purpose because they're one in the same. They're escorting them. Why are you escorting people who are vehemently against the government's stance? Is it because they represent the same thing? Patriot Front members believe that their ancestors conquered America. More than 100 members of the group staged a rally in Washington, D.C. on Saturday to reclaim America. Reclaim America from what? You're in charge. You're literally able to march in front of the Capitol not even a year after you caused $30 million worth of damage and five people had to die. Take it from who? Who wants? Who would ever want this version of America? Damn. There's nothing special about America anymore. Damn. You've been figured out. White people are just not that interesting to warrant it wanting to take something away. Like what? If anything, America should be trying to figure out how to give y'all back to Europe. recently came out and I found this to be interesting about one in four US Hispanics have heard Latinx but just 3% use it um there's an article that comes for the census that came out to ask Hispanic people what do you guys want to be called and the consensus is out they don't like being called Latinx uh they equate being called Latinx the version of calling black people negroes like uh it was, every time somebody white says it, you want to be like, hey, watch your goddamn mouth. But it's super weird to me that Latinx is not a term that they don't want to be using. And, and forgive me for using the word, but it's only in the context of this message. Don't cancel me. But, you know, if my brothers and sisters don't want to be called uh, that term anymore, I hereby stand. You will be known as Omo Mexico. In Yoruba, that means child of Mexico. But uh, maybe it should be Omolata, child of the Latins. I don't know. What do, what do they want to be called? But based on this, a uh, few of them prefer to be uh, called, a uh, lot more prefer to be called Latin 
Spanish, or uh, Mexican. Uh, those are the top three. But moreover, if you want to know what to call somebody, just ask them. That's the easiest way to figure it out. But yeah, shout out to my uh, my my brothers and sisters. We we support you. Um, I could have swore I talked about the Emmett Till story already. Did I talk about the Emmett Till story already? I feel like I talked about the Emmett Till story. Did I write this down twice? Am I tweaking? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like I th- yeah, I did talk about. It. Yeah, I did. Okay, thanks, Keisha. <laughs> oh, maybe I just didn't delete it. Okay, I did talk about it. I did. Um, shout out to the Detroit Lions for not going over. Now, for all y'all people out there, for if you're a Detroit Lion fan, one, God bless you. Two, you have strength. You have strength like I've never seen to watch a team be so bad for so long, year after year. Wow. And they got this one off the Vikings. And, you know, I'm not even mad at the Vikings. Like, if it's going to be any team, it's you guys. I'm okay. Y'all got a new quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. He'll be fine. But the Lions finally got their first win. They're not going to go over. Uh, they're not going to have a defeated season. And I just wanted to bring this up and let people know, like, I'm proud of y'all. So, good on the Lions. Um, Here's another interesting story. Uh... In the next few weeks, uh, debt collectors can slide in your DMs. Uh, yes, that's right. Because of the way a new law has been going to be enacted, debt collectors who used to be able to terrorize your own phones but could no longer do that can now just, you know, slide in your DMs or, you know, if you post something like a nice little selfie of yourself, oh, you look so cute, but you know you owe $80,000 to your school and student loan debt. So your debt collectors can harass you on social media. And if there was ever a reason to delete Facebook, here's the reason. And FYI, you can disable notifications in your DMs. If you haven't done it already, why are you punishing yourself? No one out in the world has anything of relevance to say. And if they do, they already have your number. And that's the thing that no one's going to be prepared for. With the quickness, people are going to get blocked. It's just like... All right, come through if you want to. I'm not professional on the phone. I'm I'm professional on the phone, debt collectors. You come into social media, you won't get talked bad to. Fuck what you heard. Um, this story didn't load. Oh, there it is. Um, fired CNN anchor Chris Como steps away from Series XM show. So this story was kind of interesting to me. The Cuomo brothers are going through it right now, and for really, really tough reasons. If they're both, both brothers are being accused of sexual harassment. But Chris Cuomo, who covered for his brother, uh, uh, there's I have two feelings on this. If I worked at a major news network and I knew my brother was under investigation, of course I would not go. I'm not going to say nothing about it, but I'm also going to run interference. I'm not going to let shit come out about him on the channel. That's just me. Maybe I'm being, um, maybe I'm being, uh, biased, but I'm just, I'm going to protect my brother. I'm going to protect my sister. That's just what brothers, that's what big brothers do. 
we take the L. Like, I'll, I'll gladly get fired to protect my brother, but I guarantee you no harm will come to my family. Um, but the but this part where you lose me on this fight is the sexual accusations. And it's just a horrible fall from grace. But, you know, kudos to CNN for taking charge and disciplining him and removing him from this stance. Because if you didn't, you hurt your accreditation. He's already bruised and kind of battered the image of CNN. So the Cuomo brothers turned out not to be nowhere near as good as Luigi and Mario. Um, and an interesting fact, Mario's last name is Mario. So Mario, Mario, Luigi, Mario. Um, yeah, but the Cuomo brothers, man, what a fall from grace. I just don't understand like what type of, how do you go? How can't you go your whole life without sexually assaulting somebody? It sounds, it sounds crazy. But there are people in this world who can't go, who 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 will have to answer for this on Judgment Day. Like, so tell me why you couldn't keep your dick to yourself. Like, that's something he's gonna have to talk about. And then our last story, Jesse Smollett or Juicy Smollett, is in the news as the defense rest after Empire actor takes stand. There's no hoax. I. I gotta hear this. Adamantly denying that he staged a hate crime on himself in January of 2019. This morning, Jesse Smollett will be back on the hot seat after taking the stand yesterday. How do you think it went today, Jesse? Prosecutors contend the former Empire star was upset his TV studio didn't take seriously this threatening letter. He'd reported, and so he hatched a plan for the fake attack. But Smollett testified the studio, in fact, wanted to hire security for him, and he turned it down because it was too intrusive. Smollett testified Bola Usundero continually suggested he should be the actor's bodyguard, an idea Smollett rejected. Smollett testified that he and Usundero sometimes became romantic on at least two occasions at a Boys Town bathhouse. He said they kissed in a private room. Usundero testified last week he's straight and there was no romantic relationship. <laughs> Smollett testified he often smoked marijuana in part to cope with the stress of the show, saying he would often drive around with Usundero smoking pot in the car as a way to relax. And that's what he was doing, Smollett testified, during what the prosecution contends was a dry run with both brothers. Did you talk to him about some hoax? His attorney asked. No, said Smollett. There was no hoax. Under cross-examination by Special Prosecutor Dan Webb, Smollett denied he refused to give his phone to police because messages could connect him to the Usunderos. And as for why he initially refused to give police his DNA, Smollett said, I don't even do Ancestry.com. Smollett <laughs> denied manipulating the robe that Ola Usundero testified he was unable to get around the actor's neck. You put it around your neck, said Webb? No, Mr. Webb, I did not, said Smollett. And Special Prosecutor Dan Webb will continue his cross-examination of Smollett later this morning in court at 9.15. This as the case is expected to go to the jury on Wednesday. Juicy. Yo, the drama in this is TV show worthy. You got Africans. You got two Nigerians. Those are two proper Nigerian names. Smoking weed, kissing guys in bathhouses. Are bathhouses a thing still? In Chicago? Keisha, let's go to a bathhouse. 
because they out here just kissing. <laughs> he gets on the stand. I'm straight. Your Honor, he can't prove that. <laughs> I know he has a tongue ring. Like, <laughs> like that's crazy. That's crazy. Well, hey. There you have it. Juicy Smollett. An update. If you've ever wanted one, if you ever needed one, you got it. But we made it. Oh, yeah. Now, if you get in the Discord. Yo, this cold weather is putting me in my hibernation phase, y'all. But those are the things I forgot to tell y'all last week. What are some things I missed? What are some things you wanted to tell me about? Leave it in the comment section below. Y'all already know the situation. Clap it up. We made it. Drop a bum. Drop a bum. Drop a bum. But it's so hard to find through the daily grind. We're working overtime. And I'm sleep deprived. Shorty on my line and we feel some fights. Seems like every night. Don't care who's wrong or right. I hope the end is sight. Slow it down and we can catch the vibes. The vibes.